Welcome to the Servants of Fire podcast, where we dive into real-life application of the prophetic, evangelism, pastoring, healing, and so much more. We'll have special guests and your host, Alvin Kaufman. Hello and welcome to the Servants of Fire podcast. This is your host, Alvin Kaufman, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Stephen Powell of Line of Light Ministries. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're uh, happy to have you, and it's surely an honor to have somebody of your, um, I guess, ministry caliber to come on one of our <laughs> first podcasts, so thank you so much. Yeah, it's my honor. It, it's good to be with you. Um, God's really moving right now, doing some awesome things, so I'm excited to, to share some with you. <clears throat> All right. Um, so I guess the first question that we'll get with Stephen here is if you can just tell us a little bit about your testimony, your background, and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I uh, well, I was born and raised in a small town in Alaska called Soldatna uh, on the Kenai Peninsula, south of Anchorage, and um, I was uh, raised in the church. I, I had that blessing, that opportunity to grow up raised in church, and I came to know the Lord at a young age. Um, I uh, I really got on fire for the Lord, really, you know, what you'd call surrendered your life to the Lord when I was 14 years old. Um, I can remember um, being invited on a, a youth group trip that went down to Los Angeles, California, and the event was DCLA. Um, they held one every year in uh, D.C., Washington, D.C., and also in Los Angeles, and it was basically just an event where there was a lot of youth gathered from all over the nation, all over the world, and it was a big worship event, you know, and it was supposed to uh, you know, be for provoking young people to be in evangelism as well, you know, go out and reach the world. But I can just remember, you know, as a young man that had grown up in church but never really gotten serious with the Lord, just being really impacted by the atmosphere that came when there was like 20,000 young people crying out for God. You know, this is before like Bethel or Jesus mm-hmm. culture, you know, but it was still that same effect, you know, that same anointing. So, I can remember at 14 years old, I really surrendered to the Lord, and that's when my life really began to change. And uh, from the from the, the very beginning, I had a, a very strong desire to ministry, to serve the Lord in full-time ministry, you know, with, with everything that God's doing in the Seven Mountain Mandate and getting people, you know, outside the four walls and the steeple. God still does call people to full-time ministry and gives them, you know, a passion for ministry. And I had that since I was a teenager. Um, since I really got serious with the Lord. I can remember as a young person, um, my favorite thing to do actually was just to come over uh, to the church, you know, after the school every day and just serve in the church, literally. You know, I'm serving the youth department and just, I loved every aspect of it. I loved serving. Um, I can remember I got my start preaching, you know, at a, at a youth event there um, in Soldatna. They called it uh, a Friday Night Live um, and it was an outreach event. And I just spoke for five minutes every Friday. You know, but I loved it. It, it, it was just, it was great. But um, somewhere around 16 or 17, um, I really started to, to become uh, awakened uh, to the reality of the supernatural. Um, it actually all started uh, with an encounter uh, by, by happenstance that I had with the Benny Hinn show <laughs> when I was in one of my friend's house, houses. Um, I was just uh, in my friend's house and just sitting there on the couch and just so happened it just came on and, you know, this guy walks out on the on the stage, you know, in a white suit. And, you know, of course, you know, I started judging him instantly, you know, and I was like, who is this guy? You know, he's weird. He looks funny. And, you know, like, oh, why is he dressed like that? You know, and all that stuff. But 
um, man, the, the next thing that happened, it was actually the craziest thing. Benny Hinn himself actually got healed on his own program, on wow. the stage. I remember, it, it so distinctly, it so impacted me because he grabbed the mic and then held it close. And then he just went down under the power <laughs> right on his own stage, you know. And he got up a few minutes later, you know, like 20 minutes later or something, and uh, he said, I'm healed. He had been struggling himself. You know, some people are just kind of under the assumption that, you know, if you have a strong anointing, you don't really go through anything physically. But, you know, he's gone through a lot of stuff, you know, whereas he, he's had to stand on his own faith. You know, that's the difference between healing can come by the anointing, but healing a lot of times for yourself has to come by faith, your own personal stance, you know, when you stand on the Word of God for you and your family. And uh, I saw that, and, you know, there was no doctor there, you know, confirming his miracle. There was nobody up on stage, you know, testing his heart or anything. But you know that when the Holy Spirit bears witness to a miracle, that's the greatest confirmation, right? And the Holy Spirit so impacted me that day um, when I saw that, and I knew that I'd seen my first miracle, and it really impacted me. You know, I had grown up in a supposed Pentecostal church, um, but it was really just Pentecostal name only. I mean, there were a lot of wonderful things that came out of the church. I thank God for that church because that's where I came to know Christ, was in that church. I thank God for my pastor, you know, that took up the pulpit every Sunday, you know, when I was growing up, because I would not know Jesus today if he hadn't done that faithfully. But, um, you know, in my church, they didn't really, there wasn't really a place for the Holy Spirit to move, you know, in real power and demonstration. And that really impacted me the first time I saw um, that healing on television, and I began to pursue that. I began to be hungry um, after, you know, what we call the reality of the supernatural, and that's what kind of launched me down the path that I'm on now, and uh, I don't know, there's a lot more to my testimony. You want me to just keep going, or do you have any other questions <laughs> Why I'm rolling here? <laughs> no, that's great. Maybe if you just want to expand, something that really caught me was just being available to serve in, in that place where you said, like, mm -hmm. uh, I think even in your other testimony stories that I've read, like you were serving in a bathroom as a janitor when you came across yeah. Todd Bentley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me just let me just continue um, with my testimony here, and, and, and I'll get to that. That's that's a true story. Eventually, yeah. when I in the full-time ministry, I was found as a janitor in Alaska by Todd <laughs> Bentley. That's a true story. But yeah, so so what I did from about 17 to 19 years old there, I just went down on a journey, and I was hungry. I began to desire the reality of the supernatural. I began to seek it, um, you know, through the different books that I would read. I, I can remember I read all of Benny's books at that time. I read Catherine Coleman's biography. Uh, there was another guy that really impacted me at that time who— um, as I was growing in my own just personal prayer life at that time, a guy named Ian Bounds, a little bit of an old school author, but just some great stuff on prayer. And I just really began to develop um, in my secret place, okay, in, 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 in my personal relationship with the Lord. But I can remember me reaching kind of a place of frustration at 19 years old, and, and I was like, God, you know, I'm hungry for these things. I'm seeking these things, but I just know there's more, but I just couldn't quite— you know, wrap, I don't know what it was, wrap my faith around getting to that next level. I was like, Lord, I need more. I need a breakthrough. And I was actually pacing back and forth one day um, in my room, and I was praying, and, and I heard a voice speak to me, and the voice spoke the name Todd to me, this name Todd. And I was like, Todd, 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 Todd. I mean, what, Todd what? Todd. And actually, when the voice spoke that name to me, I remembered, okay, like a year earlier, 
when just I caught some crossfire when I was downstairs in the basement of a youth group, and there was some youth pastor that was down there talking to someone else about this guy named Todd Bentley, and about how at the time, you know, he was blowing up and being used, not just in the prophetic, but in healing, and that was really cool to see at that time, you know, not just a prophet, but someone who's being used in healing as well. But, you know, I had heard just crosstalk, you know, a year earlier. Hadn't thought about it since then, but when the Lord spoke this name to me, Todd, I remembered this name, Todd Bentley. And then I went and looked him up on the internet, and that's how I found Todd Bentley. In 2004, the year 2004, right after I graduated, shortly after I graduated high school, I had worked a summer job, and I'd come back in the fall, and I was actually fixing to uh, apply um, to go work at the local store there in my town just to kind of figure out my next move, because I knew I wanted to be in ministry, but I didn't know which route I was to take. And that's when I heard the Lord speak to me about Todd. So at that time, I went and looked up Todd on the Internet, and I read his entire testimony about how he had soaked three months, four to 12 hours in the, in, in the glory every day, how he was visited by heaven. I don't know if you've heard the story or if, you're, if your listeners have heard it, but I'll just retell it real quickly. At the end of three months of soaking in the glory, he was released in the full-time international ministry by a visitation of the Lord, and that was when Patricia King actually called him up on the platform, took an offering up for his ministry, and the Lord spoke to her and said, release him. Uh, God's raising him up. So when I heard that testimony, it's like that scripture in Revelation. It's like the testimony was like the prophetic word to me. It was like the spirit of prophecy came in through Todd's testimony. And I could hear the Lord speaking to me saying, Stephen, if you do what Todd did, I'm going to give you what Todd got. I'm going to pour out on your life what I poured out on his life. And it's like... It's like that was the breakthrough that I needed. It's like I was listening to Benny Hinn's materials, and I was reading books by Catherine Coleman, but it just somehow couldn't sink in that God was going to do the same thing for me as he did for them. I don't know why. But whenever I came across Todd's testimony, it's like it clicked. And I knew, it's like, it's like I was given a strategy as well. You know, that whole strategy, even three months, you know, like four to 12 hours in the glory every day, I know other people that have used that. It's almost like become a secret place wines, you know, where people all over the world have used that, and they've had visitations themselves. So that's what happened. I went to my parents, and I actually took five months out, and I went to my parents, and I asked them permission. I said, would you give me permission, you know, just to stay at home and just basically lock myself in the room every day <laughs> and seek God day and night? And they said, sure. You know, they're like, man, this is unusual. You know, you're, you're a young man. You're not wanting to go out there and— you know, do what other young people do, I guess. You just want to seek the Lord all day? Of course. Yeah, go to your room, son. Seek Jesus. So I did, and uh, about three weeks into it, okay, I had my first face-to-face -face visitation from Jesus. Uh, I was up uh, praying one night. I was up late praying one night, worshiping the Lord, and it was dark out, and everybody was in bed, and I heard a noise actually outside my room, outside my bedroom room uh, door. And I opened the door and I saw these two eyes that were just suspended in the air. They were burning. They were on fire and they were just suspended in the air. And I heard a voice speak out of the darkness. And the voice said, I have sought you with burning eyes. Now that I have you remain mine. And then the eyes moved forward towards me and a man stepped into the light and it was Jesus. And I had my first face-to-face -face visitation of Jesus at 19 years old. And uh, he spoke to me about many things. He spoke to me about many things he was going to use me to do. He spoke specifically about my calling to ministry, what I was being called to, even the governmental office, ministry governmental office that I was being anointed in that day, um, which I still don't really reveal to this day. 
Um, but at the end of it all, he told me to kneel down there in my little bedroom in Sobotna, Alaska, 2004, 19 years old. He told me to kneel down. He pulled out a horn of oil and he anointed my head with oil. And he said, this day am I anointing you for the work I've called you to do. But he said, you will not be able to touch it for many years. Like David was anointed king and was sent back out among the sheepfold. So will you be sent back into the world to work for a period of time. And he called it my wilderness. He says, now that I've anointed you for ministry, I'm calling you to the wilderness. And that's what happened. He called me to a wilderness season. And that kind of perplexed me because, you know, I didn't really understand fully at that time what God was doing. Because I saw Todd, you know, Todd Bentley, three months in the glory and then just launched, you know, 22 years old. And Benny Hinn was, you know, launched at 22 years old as well. And I'd heard about all these other people, you know, that had been launched in their young 20s, their early 20s, you know, Mike Bickles of the world, all these other people. And I thought for sure, God, you would do it just like you did it for them. Well, you know, with me, right? I thought for sure, right? Well, at the end of my great encounter that I had, the Lord called me to a wilderness. And I thought, you know, a young person, you know, not being able to grasp time. I thought, oh, maybe six months, right? (laughs) Maybe a year. Well, it turned out almost being a decade, bro. Almost being a decade. And that's where the janitorial, you know, I call it the janitorial arts comes in. (laughs) That's where the custodial arts comes in. I actually started out, my first job in the world was working construction, when I first got married, I got married to my wife uh, about a year and a half after that, and in 2006. But I started out working construction, not making too bad of money, um, but within no time whatsoever, uh, just through a long uh, series of events. I don't have time to probably get into all of it, um, but I felt like I was dragged into Joseph's pit, you know, down through the years. And I actually eventually ended up being a janitor in my local church, and that's where Todd Bentley found me in 2012. Uh, when he came through the church and you know all that time that i was in my wilderness i had many encounters with the lord jesus um, many angelic encounters there was lots of stuff that happened i continued to grow in my revelatory gifting and uh just in a lot of different things you know but the most important thing i think was just maturation as a man as a husband you know as a father and also as a son you know in the secret place i continued to go deeper and soak deeper in the glory in the secret place that remained my number one calling during that period of time was to go very very deep with the lord intimately relationally um intimacy with the holy spirit and i thank god for those days now because it really does make a difference especially as a young minister launching out when you have a foundation of intimacy with the holy spirit Mm. and also i believe there's great value and having, you know, a foundation of even just working out in the world and just having nothing on your plate but being a husband and a father, you know, and being a faithful attendee to church. You know, you, you talked about earlier, you know, about serving and, and, and just what value that has, tremendous value, incredible value, you know. Uh, if, if you're going to serve the Lord in, in, in a capacity, you know, where you're preaching to millions, well, you better be ready to serve the Lord in, you know, whatever other capacity he calls you to, you know, no matter, despite you know, what the assignment is, you know, it's faithfulness that matters. And I really learned that. And uh, literally, you know, the night that Todd Bentley came through my home church, I had cleaned the toilets for that conference <laughs> that he was speaking at. I literally cleaned the toilets that night. And he called me out and he recognized the anointing on my life. And he said, I'm going to give you an opportunity to travel with me. So it all came full circle all those years later, you know, some uh, seven years, uh, eight years later, it all came full circle. I had originally connected with Todd in the secret place, but then the Lord brought him up to Alaska and actually connected us in the natural. And, and since then I've been ordained by him and released into full-time ministry. So 
God's been faithful, brother. <laughs> wow, been that um, kind of blows away one of my <laughs> one of my questions, just on um, kind of like goals and priorities. But like you touched hey. on a lot of things there. Um, oh, I feel I, the annoyance. <laughs> yeah, and, and the one thing that I I would ask, like I uh-huh. guess being a young man myself, and even other people. Um, when there's that time of separation when you're 19 and you have lots of time on your hands and now going into having a family, what does that look like in keeping the secret place a priority in your life? Like when you have other duties as a father, as going yeah. to work and things like that, what does that look like? Look, well, of course, it has to fit every season that you're in, you know, and it has to be done within reason, um, you know, and it has to be done within biblical parameters as well. Uh, there's a balance to everything. You know, God doesn't get glory from prophets spending all day in their, their, their closets and then not knowing their own children, right? <laughs> That's not God's delight. And unfortunately, there have been some ministries that are like that, very anointed in the public, but not very anointed in the private, so to speak, right? I, I believe that, that, that God will help you with each season that you're in. But I do believe that God values sacrifice. As I once heard Bill Johnson say, um, fire falls on the sacrifice, right? Present yourselves a living sacrifice. Your body is a living sacrifice on the Lord. The fire is attracted to sacrifice. So no matter what season you're in, you can give up something. I mean, what I tell people is if you don't have the kind of history, if you haven't dug the kind of well that I have dug in the glory, I've dug a well, and I draw from that well to this day. It comes out, you know, in every part of my life, and it comes out in every part of my public ministry, the public demonstration of the words of knowledge, the prophecy, the revelation, the authority that I move in, you know, whenever I'm in front of people. Some people ask me, how do you do that? How do you have such confidence? I'm actually drawing from a very deep well that's been dug through literally hundreds of thousands of hours going back years um, with my with my best friend, Holy Spirit, that I built this connection with, right? But I tell people, if you don't have that well that's been dug, you need to dig that well. Okay, because it's it's very important, especially if you don't want to just be another cookie cutter minister. Okay, especially if you just don't want just another cookie cutter Christian life. If you want the deep wells, if you want to walk in the deep realms of the glory, if you want to walk in something that's unique, if you want your edge to be sharp, you to be sharp in your edge, you have to sow that time, I believe, into the secret place. And if you don't have that already, you do have to put the time. I do believe there is something about putting the time. But what I want to tell you is there's grace. God will work with you where you're at. Amen. He'll work with you where you're at. Um, You know, for me, when I first started out, to be honest with you, it wasn't really too much of a sacrifice for me to spend hours. Okay, because when I first started out, I was single and I had nothing but time. Right. So that's why I tell young people, especially young people that, you know, uh, uh, you know, are single and have a lot of time on their hands. I'm like, use that. You know, it is a blessing. You know, you can you can use that. Um, but as I you know grew and my family grew, you know, things had to adjust. You know, I mean, when I was working construction, for instance, I had to take care of myself because, you know, during the work days, I was out at least 12, 13 hours a day, you know, pounding nails. And I had to take care of myself. I had to make sure I, I had I, I got rest. But there were actually seasons, brother, where literally during that time I would get up at two o'clock in the morning every morning just to seek the Lord. Oh. And at those times, I, during those times, I was pretty intense. I would spend a lot of the time on my knees, <laughs> literally, because I knew if I sat down, I'd fall asleep, <laughs> you know? So I was pretty intense, you know?
but that was a season. You know, that wasn't that wasn't prolonged. But I believe that those things added to the depth of my well that I carry now, that I operate out of now. And still to this day, there'll come moments where I say, oh, man, this month I'm going to put some extra time in fasting. I'm going to put some extra time in seeking the Lord. I'm going to put some special time in. You know, so we each manage that, you know, according to our own relationship with the Lord in, in, in the times and the season. But yes, absolutely, God moves on sacrifice, and I do believe that we need to make sacrifices when it comes to growing in our personal anointing, growing in the, the cloud, our personal cloud that we carry, so to speak. Amen? Right on, yeah. That, that's one thing, too, that reminds me, I think it's something that Todd says, too, about his testimony, is that um, the Lord told him about the voice of revival in William Brownham, if you pay the price that yeah. they they did, yeah. I'll give you what they got. And that's similar to what you're saying in your whole testimony. Yeah, and, yeah. there's something about it. There's absolutely something about it. That's one thing that I think I know I'm, I've missed and other people just in testimony is intimacy with Jesus. It just isn't necessarily you're reading your Bible, but it's actually mm -hmm. listening prayers. It's, it's about digging that well. Can you just maybe expand on your your prayer life and what that like listening yeah. and even what you do in a yeah. prayer yeah to this day on average what I do normally what I do today and you know it's been different in different seasons like I said like I said there was a season where it was on my knees <laughs> you know and it was uh, you know I, I remember hearing a quote reading a quote from one of Charles Finney's books on revival and he quoted a uh, he talked about how um, one of the apostles actually the Apostle James the Lord's brother um, how he had when, whenever he died they found that he had knees his knees were so callous they said he they were calloused like a camel's knee and that was from him praying on his knees so much the early church actually believed in praying on your knees whenever you pray so um finney would say "Ooh, there's the secret you know of those early <laughs> apostles so i got inspired by that there's like a whole season right where i was like on my knees but i found personally for me it's harder for me to fall into my trances and enter, enter, enter into the revelatory glory realm in which I'm caught up and I have visions and whatnot whenever I'm uncomfortable in my body. It's easiest for me to slip into the realm of the Spirit and have encounters, have visitations of the Lord whenever I'm comfortable. You know, so, but yeah, there's absolutely times where I'll do prayer walks and then even still meal at times when I'm praying. But, um, you know, still to this day, what I'll, what I'll do in, in most cases, I'll put a, a, a pot of coffee on, you know, I'll get my coffee going, and while I'm drinking my coffee, I like to read something. I'm normally always reading a few different books. And then, of course, um, I read my Bible as well. Lately, what I've been doing is I've been putting on the soaking music. After I'm done reading some, some of my books, I'll put on the soaking music and just kind of feel the presence. I've gotten to a place where I feel everything very, very deeply, very, very strongly. It's almost like I connect in with that frequency of the anointing that's just flooding the room. And even in feeling it, even in connecting in it like that, it allows me to go deeper into the realm of the Spirit and just tune in and perceive what it is that God's saying. What you find is that God is always speaking. You actually live in the Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord is always swirling around you. But a lot of Christians don't take the time to get the depth in the relationship with the Lord to where they can tap into that and actually perceive the Word of the Lord, right? So I just kind of live in the quarry all the time, and that comes with the Word of the Lord. So I'm constantly having, like, too much revelation. It's, like, too much to, to handle, right? So that's a good problem to have, right? Instead of, like, oh, Lord, you know, what's this, you know, manual I have to preach out of every week? 365 sermons, you know, for the pastor every year. It's like, God, just shoot me. <laughs> but uh, me, I never have to worry about that. It's just, like, I live in the realm of revelation because it's freely given to you. It's like Father's always ready to feed you, but, like, are you willing to come up to the table? 
are you willing to feast? So that's what I normally do is I start to get the soaking music going after I'm done reading. And then lately, I just have my Bible open and I'm just meditating on some scriptures. Like there's a, this real strong anointing that's been operating my life lately. I call it financial glory. Okay. But I don't just rely on the revelatory side, the, the revelatory things that the Lord's been me in the realms of financial glory, but also I'm reading a lot of books on finance and on wealth and on stewardship and financial management, different things like that, right? So I'm adding that foundation as well. But then I, what I'll do is I'll sit there while the music's playing, while I'm soaking in the glory, and I'll just begin to read the Proverbs. You know, I'll just begin to read scriptures on those different things. And then I use my seer gift even when I'm reading the Word of God. I, I, I'm more just in looking at what I'm seeing in the Word of God rather than just reading it. And I'm seeing stuff, and I'm writing down what I see. And then most of the time that becomes articles, that becomes chapters for my book, that becomes my Facebook hmm. post, and it becomes my, you know, my social media posts that I do later in the day. You know, so I even social media, you know, um, I kind of feed that into my whole process and even developing. I call it processing light, processing the revelation that's flowing through me. <laughs> so that's how I function now. That's not how I've always functioned, though. So, you know, it changes over time, you know, as you change, you know, and that's OK. But I always have some element of the word uh, of books that I'm reading of like worship, even praise. And there's always some element of intercessory prayers and decrees as well. But a lot of times I incorporate that throughout the day. As I'm walking, as I'm, you know, riding somewhere, whatever, I'm always talking to the Lord vocally out loud, binding up things, loosing things, declaring things, faith confessions. Lord, I thank you. This is mine by faith. So I just live that life of faith all the time. You know, but in my own personal prayer times, I'm mostly just soaking, you know, seeing what I see, you know, things like that. Right on. Well... Thank you so much for that. That uh, I don't know. There's so many questions that could uh, we could take a hey. rabbit trail down there, but uh, <laughs> that'll be for the second bronze. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <The third. laughs> extended extended hours. So I guess being that we are close to almost out of time here, um, maybe if you just want to go into an angelic counter, a healing testimony, hey. or something that just Mom. you know maybe just rocks somebody's ears off that they hear this. <laughs> wow. Well, there's just so many. There's been so many lately. It's so powerful. I've had multiple <coughs> visitations of the Lord Jesus Christ lately, as well as many powerful angels. I was visited um, last September by an angel that guards over U.S. presidents, actually. I was given seven distinct visions about the restoration of America, the restoration of our economy. But let me just tell you the one that kind of triggered it all. Um, last, uh, let's see here, in August of 2015, that's coming up on two years ago now, in August of 2015, Todd Bentley actually flew up to Alaska, and he finally ordained me into the ministry after I had traveled with him on the road for three years, on and off. And I had been in revivals with him in South Korea, South Africa, all over the world. And at the end of a three-year period, he, came, he flew up to Alaska, stood there with the elders of my church, my family, my pastor, and ordained me into the ministry, laid hands on me. And when he, when he ordained me, he actually prophesied Isaiah 45 over me, a Cyrus anointing. But specifically, it was verse 3, um, talking about the finance. That's funny, right? As I'm talking about Todd, he's actually texting me as I'm talking to you. But hey, shaka. But anyways, he prophesied a financial anointing over me. He said that God's going to anoint you with a financial anointing. And, uh, you know, that scripture, Isaiah 45, verse 3, about the hidden treasures, the hidden treasures, about discovering the hidden treasures in dark places, right? So a few days later, I actually flew down for some meetings with Todd in Fresno, California, Central California. And it was actually as I was on the plane, as I was getting on the plane in Fresno, California, actually to go home after these meetings, 
Um, I laid my head back, and all of a sudden, the realm of glory um, just swept into the plane there and caught me up. I was caught up in this realm of glory, and I saw a man standing up in front of the plane. And he lifted his arms like this, and he said, I am the messenger of money. And then I heard the Lord speak, actually, when he was there. When the angel was there, I heard the Lord speak and say, everywhere you go, he will pay your way. And when you come back from those places, you'll come back with a bag full of money. That's what I heard the Lord say. And that may sound like a funny expression to some people, but it's actually, I believe, a prophetic, a, a, a prophetic phrase, a prophetic sentence that basically says that the body of Christ, we're entering into a season right now as the body of Christ where we're not just going to be called into functions. We're not just going to have a vision. We're not just going to have a dream that God gives us, but we're actually going to have the provision to walk it out. Okay, walk out the vision, the provision for the vision. We're actually entering into a time of the greatest harvest. But if you're going to enter into the greatest harvest, you have to enter into the greatest financial anointing because the harvest is not just people saying prayers in Africa. The harvest is actually the harvest of all things. God will harvest from every mountain of influence, all the seven mountains of influence. He will harvest from every part of the human race, but he will also part harvest from every part of the earth. And even the earth and its resources are included in the inheritance that we have in Christ, which is actually the harvest. That's what we're harvesting. We're harvesting what is ours inherently by our connection to Jesus, by what we've mm -hmm. been adopted into the family of God, right? So even the earth and all of its resources, the Bible declares, is the Lord. It's included in our inheritance and in what we're going to inherit. And we're actually going to inherit that. We're beginning to inherit that right now. We've been inheriting. We've been in harvesting mode. But God is bringing an acceleration to that in the glory. And that's why these angels, these financial angels are coming down. I'm telling you, I can take up a whole nother broadcast just telling about all the crazy miracles, signs and wonders and visitations that I've had actually since that day, since that angel showed up. We found out later that that angel was the international banker angel that uh, Bob Jones used to call Charlie, an angel that used to visit Bob Jones. And he showed up many more times, and we've seen an incredible realm of financial glory, incredible realm of just miracles, people given houses, people given whole pieces of property, people becoming millionaires overnight, you know, being in my meetings. Um, and these are really signs that attest to the word. The most important thing right now in this season is that we understand the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is, I am strengthening my body with financial glory because this generation, the body of Christ that's on the earth right now, is going to be the most powerful harvester the world's ever seen has ever seen. And that's why he's sending these angels. The angels are the co-laborers that labor with us in the harvest. They help us to step into another level of glory. I call it glory harvest. So that's an exciting angelic encounter that I had years ago. And it's opened up a whole new realm of what I call financial glory. It's now become one of my main messages, my, name, my main apostolic messages that I carry to the body of Christ around the world. And we have seen incredible things, incredible fruit. And it's only going to increase, brother. It's only going to increase. Amen. Can you just uh, one <laughs> thing else too is just just touch on the gemstones that you were just in meetings in California, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Just tell a quick story about yeah. that, and we can close it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't have gemstones show up too much in my meetings. I've had lots of feathers, and I've had lots of uh, you know lots of gold. I have lots of gold. I have gold that actually comes out of my hand all the time. My right hand, my, <laughs> I call it my power hand. <laughs> it's usually a sign of creative miracles. But just recently, yeah, I was in this this house meeting in Clovis, California, and uh, there's actually a real strong anointing in the, in this ministry for the glory, for signs and wonders. And I was just sitting there actually on the couch one morning, 
um, after we'd had a meeting the night before, I was just drinking my coffee, and then all of a sudden, a gemstone just manifested right on the couch <laughs> next to me. Um, and it was, uh, it, it's in the shape of a heart, and it has almost like a pink or, or a purplish hue to it. And um, that spoke to me about just the heart. To me, a lot of times, violet is the fear of the Lord. The Lord's been speaking to me about having a heart that fears God, you know, which actually qualifies you for higher levels of, of walking in the government of God while on the earth, the kingship of Christ while on the earth. And uh, that was one. And then another one of the gemstones that manifested, I actually went out to the, the foyer area, the lobby area of this, of this house, and I was picking up my book table. I had some uh, some like CDs out there. I had one CD series on the seer, the seer anointing. And as I was stacking up the CD cases, um, there was another one, a bright red ruby gemstone just right there on the seer case, <laughs> the teaching. And I was like, whoa, there's another one. There's gemstones <laughs> popping. <laughs> so... You know, in this particular ministry that I was with, they've had up to 26 manifest in one day in their house. <laughs> Just incredible, incredible realm. I've seen blood manifestations. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's in the Bible. You know, I just taught about signs and wonders this morning. It's obviously school of revival. It's in Acts chapter 2. It says blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, signs in the heavens above, wonders in the earth beneath. You know, so... God doesn't just speak through, you know, the, the typical modes of communication that we speak through. God actually speaks through a number of different ways. One of the ways that God speaks is through signs and wonders. It actually talks about there in Acts 2 about how the signs in the heavens above, the wonders in the earth beneath, it's actually talking about the return of the Lord, the Lord coming back. These are signs that he's coming, right? But once again, what I'm saying is a lot of times God releases the signs and wonders, but it always has a message. So we need to be asking the Lord, what's the message? And each of those gemstones spoke to me, actually, about words that the Lord was already speaking to me about. They were like confirmation to the word. So that's what I try to tell people. What is God saying? It's Mark chapter 16, verse 20. It says, God worked with them, confirming their word with signs following. So if you have a message, if you have a ministry of the glory of God, these signs and wonders will follow you, I believe, many times because they, they attest to the ministry, the realm of glory that you carry. Amen. All glory to Jesus, though, of course. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you so Amen. much for joining us, Stephen. If you maybe just want to give a plug, um, where can we find you on the Internet? Um, yeah. Just touch sure. on your CDs and, and just what you have to offer, too. Yeah, uh, you can pretty much find out everything you need to know at www.lionoflight.org. That's lion, like the lion roars, lionoflight.org. Um, that's our website. We, we have a store on there. We have uh, lots of teaching. We're actually developing some online schools right now. I'm developing an online school to help people get into full-time ministry. I'm developing online schools about growing in the glory, intimacy, the prophetic anointing, growing in the seer anointing, all this different stuff. I'm going to have one just for healing as well, developing healing and power gifts, signs and wonders, and and then you know gifts of faith, things like that. So we're doing a lot of stuff there, it, but you can access it all from www.lionoflight.org. There's all kinds of free teaching. I have loads of just articles, um, prophetic teaching, prophecies for America, Israel, all kinds of stuff on there. We have free audio teachings. If you like just you know, plugging in your headphones, you know, while working on the job like I used to, you know, and listening to messages that talk about the glory. We have free audio sermons on there, videos, all kinds of stuff there on the website just to help you with your walk with the Lord. Amen. So, yeah, visit the website. That's www.lionoflight.org. All right. Thank you again so much for joining us, Stephen. 
Thank you for listening to the Servants of Fire podcast featuring Stephen Powell. If you'd like to stay connected or have questions, give us a follow on Twitter at Servants of Fire Pod or join our Facebook group, Servants of Fire Podcast.